Moroccan chickpeas, classic Greek salad, sweet chili roast veggies, balsamic lentil and roasted beetroot salad, dukkha roasted potatoes, Thai green curry veggies, corn and pepper fiesta, chewy Indonesian rice, honey mustard roasted potatoes. Is anyone drooling or is it just me? You got me. Yeah. Those are some of the recipes in the cookbooks that you could be winning if you get one of the quizzes right this week and go into the draw on Friday for the big wheel spin. It's the Revive Cafe Cookbooks 1 and 2, Volumes 1 and 2. The next clue for our quiz, our What City Am I quiz, and yeah, it is a hard one, I know. Everyone's giving me a hard time about a hard quiz. <laughs> but it's Monday, time to kick your brain into gear. It's only downhill from here. <laughs> if I was doing this on Friday, you all would be like cooked. <laughs> so What City Am I? The priest of Zeus brought bulls and wreaths to the gates of this city to sacrifice to Paul and Barnabas. Yeah, that one. Controversial. That one kind of like seems harder than the other one before. Yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. But- <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? None of the clues get easier, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> we should just make all the clues for this quiz worth 500 points <laughs> instead of decreasing in value as we go along. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It is hard. And Do you know what? If you turn to your Bible to look this up, that's fine. You don't even have to admit that. You don't have to tell us. It's fine. In fact, it's a good thing when you're doing a quiz and you don't know the answer to go look it up in the Bible. Oh, yeah, great place. Um, amazing plan at all times. If you don't know, turn to the Bible. That's just that's just a life hack right there. If you're unsure, go to the Bible. Find out what the Bible says. Find out what Jesus is telling you. It's always a good thing to do. I'm going to give you that clue one more time. What city am I? The priest of Zeus brought bulls and wreaths to the gates of this city to sacrifice to Paul and Barnabas. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Text TJ Shell. Well, we've had some people texting in, and thank you so much for contacting, answering uh, on the daylight savings debate. <laughs> oh, we've yeah. had uh, oh, different texts. People loving it. Suzanne. Love daylight savings, no. and uh, but although Braden was with you, yeah, Braden, there says, you go. I'm, I'm, yeah, with you, Mon. Not a fan of daylight savings, um, and also a very lovely message to Lawson here. Hope he recovers well. But the upside is that you are here replacing him. Uh, you can't have a bad morning with how much enthusiasm you bring. Oh, Braden, we can be friends again. Isn't that lovely? Braden and I have a love hate relationship because he loves mushrooms and I hate them, but sometimes on days like today we get along. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, uh, Braden. Yeah, we got we've got um George's engaged with the discussion around the um the interview we had with Ju- Pastor Justin Lawman and, and the interest rates and some of those financial pressures that are there. Thanks for texting through. And um yeah, and Braden also shared a thought here around Interesting in regards to the anti-witnessing laws, and I think he's made a fantastic point here. He says, if you truly believe your faith is the right one and you feel secure that you can stand up, uh, if and you feel it secure in it, then you should be able to stand up to scrutiny. Uh, what fear do you have with someone else sharing their faith? That's right. It's a great point. It really is. What are people afraid of? Absolutely. Yeah, if the truth has nothing to fear, mm. the more you dig into it, the more it will shine. And so... Go at it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you so much for texting in and and f- please continue to do so as we continue to discuss. The illogical thoughts behind anti-witness laws to me just clearly indicates that it's nothing but the devil working at that. Like that that to me is just a clear indicator. If it doesn't make sense, it's like 100% the devil. Um, yeah. George actually sent a message saying, um, this is going to be very interesting, uh, 
Uh, worldwide inflation has been greatly manipulated since Ukraine by artificially increasing energy prices. Very interesting. And then increased interest rates followed. We are continually being scammed by the elites. Oh, those elites, man. Mm, that's very interesting, George. I think I might agree with you. Yeah, because, you know, the Bible does say the rich get richer and the poor get poorer and the oppression. And, G- and Jesus, I believe he said that the, the oppression will not go unchecked. That's right. Poverty, it'll be around with us all the way through the end of the age. So just want to ask quickly, with Daylight Savings, Suzanne, why do you love it? I need, I need good answers. You can't just tell me you love something and not explain why. I need, I need a good answer as to why you love that. Because you know what? I love it because in, it helps you get up earlier, that extra light in the beginning of the day. And so we go and change it so we can so stay I'm, up later. I'm a little bit confused. Is the time we're on now the normal time? Yeah. So we've gone back to normal time. Yeah, normal time. Right. Basically, basically they change it. So instead of like it being lighter in the morning, it's lighter longer. Saves it. Yeah. In the evening. Yeah, so that after work you can go out and party all night. I hate it because I want to get up early and get stuff done. Yeah. And, just, and, the, and the light really helps me to get up early to wake in the morning. Up. And then, boom, they bring in daylight savings and suddenly I'm, getting, I'm back to having to get up in the dark, which is so much harder. Yes. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, he- I'm hearing it. And do you know what? Do you know what? Oh, I can't believe I forgot this. I was listening um, to a podcast recently, a health science podcast, and I discovered daylight saving is responsible for a 40% increase in heart attacks. Uh, that's a bit of a loose connection. No, absolutely not. It's the sleep deprivation. Sleep is so important to our health that every time they have a daylight savings change, backwards or forwards, and it messes up All people's sleep. All right, so they're sleep. arguing the circadian rhythms thrown yeah, off. Yeah, 100%. And like, right, so right. right now, hospitals will be going through a busy period when it comes to heart attacks. Okay, well. Yeah, um, do you know what? I, I can see your disbelief on your face, Blair, <laughs> and I'm going to send you the link to the podcast oh, after the show. I really am. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Well, we do have time now to head into our Bible study, Mon. Okay. So, should we get cracking into it? Let's do it. I'm reaching for my Bible. Let's do it. We had a really fun and exciting... Uh, we've just started a new Bible study series going through prophecy and uh, the book of Daniel, the book of Revelation, and uh, and actually today's Bible study really buttresses very well with what Pastor Justin was sharing around uh, the gospel going to the world at the end time, that being the thing that you know brings us hope in the midst of uncertainty. Uh, and so we're going to read a passage... I'm going to get you to go to Matthew chapter 24. And this, of course, is a passage of Scripture that speaks of the signs of the times. We've got the disciples come ask Jesus a question at the start of the chapter around, uh, you know, around when will the second coming be, basically. Um, and they in verse 3, I might get you to read out verse 3 for us, uh, Matthew 24, verse 3, Mon. Yep, so I'm going to be reading from the NLT version, just for those who are interested. Matthew 24, verse 3 says this, Later Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when will all this happen? What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? Right, so they asked Jesus this question around when's the second coming going to take place? When's the end of the world? When are you coming back? Uh, and Jesus, in the rest of the chapter, proceeds to give them a whole so- series of signs that indicate when he's going to return. So his disciples, so that as you know, as students of Scripture, we can read these things and then know that that time is near. And I mean, if you read through the list, it's it's like 
uh, it's like reading the today's newspaper. It really is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Uh, and I mean, we could highlight some things here in verse uh, in verse. Maybe if you want to read verse six and seven for us. Six and seven says, "And you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go war, go to war against nation, and kingdom will go against kingdom." There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. And all these are the beginning of sorrows, the starting of birth pains. So these are just like, we're going to see these things and they're going to increase in frequency and intensity more and more to the coming of Jesus, right? And so, I mean, we see all of that, all of this taking place, wars, pestilences, pandemics, uh, nations rising against nations. I mean, that that was pretty much the whole last segment with Pastor Justin, right? Mm. Uh, things are th- things are crazy. The world uh, is wild. I was in a um, I was attending a sermon on the on the on the weekend on Sabbath at Newcastle University Adventist Church, and there was a preacher there who's actually getting ready to do an evangelistic campaign for us in the Newcastle University campus in the city later on in the year, and he shared uh, a doom the Doomsday Clock. Have you heard of the Doomsday Clock? Uh, no. Yeah, it's like this, um, this, like, uh. It's an actual clock? Yeah, it's a clock that, that a whole bunch of people put together and they, they, they put your hours to midnight, uh, how, how close you are from midnight or the end of the world. And we're at an unprecedented level right now where people are saying, I think it was about 90 seconds out from midnight, uh, was the doomsday clock in 20, each January they set the time for that year based on world events and things that are happening and, And the Doomsday Clock, not that that's a Bible source. (laughs) We don't trust it too much. Uh, But as they say, we're 90 seconds or so out of of Jesus' second coming. But that absolutely aligns up with some of the things we're seeing here. And, uh, yeah, there's one sign that's yet to come, and we're going to see that coming up in, uh, and Pastor Justin mentioned it, and we see it in verse 14, which we'll we'll pick up and have a look at uh, about the gospel going to the world. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. So Matthew 24, verse 14, you said? That's right. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. So this here is the last, the last unfulfilled sign that we find in this passage of, mm. of descriptors, characteristics that will mark the soon return of Jesus. So we're seeing all these things, and it gives it some other lists as well. It says the love of many will grow cold. You know, there will be, um, uh, you know, lawlessness and faithlessness and these sorts of things. But the last sign that goes out in verse 14, it says the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. So the last sign is that the gospel message will go to the whole world. Mm, do you know, someone asked me uh, just last week, actually, what would I do if overnight I became a billionaire? And like the first thing that jumped to my mind was I would bring about the end of the world. Wow, that's pretty like dark. Uh, it sounds <laughs> despotic, but what I mean is I would pump up Every single ministry I could pour oh, I money gotcha. into I'm seeing. to just hasten the spreading yes. of the gospel, gotcha. so that as like everyone could hear it as fast. I would just like hit fast forward, fast forward, fast forward on all ministries, so we could just get that gospel message out there, so that every single person can hear about it, make their choice, and just bring Jesus back ASAP. Well, I mean, that's actually not such a silly idea because the Bible does talk about the fact that as believers we can hasten His return. Exactly. Right, and and how would 
would that come about? Well, preach the gospel. By preaching the gospel, yeah. by taking the gospel to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, and fulfilling that great commission that Jesus himself gave his disciples before he left in Matthew chapter 28, where he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I've commanded you, and the promise, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So that's not a crazy idea. Right. I'm with you. Yeah, thanks. Let's end the world, Blair. <laughs> yeah. In that sense, I can get on board with that. Yeah, cool. Okay. So, so this is cool. This is interesting. But I want to I want to just jump across to another text, and we're going to go to Revelation chapter 14 to look at a parallel text here because uh, it's this gospel that is preached is a very particular gospel. It's mentioned. I mean, the gospel's been preached throughout all ages, right? Uh, but this gospel that's mentioned here is the gospel in the context of the last days because it's preached to the whole world. And what happens after it says, then the end will come. Mm. So this is the gospel that's preached in the last days and uh, and it, it hastens, it ushers in the second coming of Jesus. Well, we find in the book of Revelation a description of this gospel and uh, this particular gospel that is preached And I'd like you to read for us Revelation chapter 14, verse 6. And I saw another angel flying through the sky, carrying the eternal good news to proclaim to the world who belong to this world, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. Okay, so we find here, this is an introduction to the three angels' messages. The three angels' messages is, of course, the content of a series. We're gonna we're gonna keep digging into this in this Bible study series over the next couple of weeks. Uh, but in a nutshell, these three angels' messages are God's custom hand belt built message to prepare the world for His second coming. So Jesus, in pre- preparation for His soon return, He puts together three messages and says these are the very best things to send to the world to get them ready for the second coming. And uh, of course, that parallel there it says. They take the everlasting gospel, and, and who's the, that gospel for in verse 6? 14 verse 6, takes the everlasting gospel to preach to who? Every nation, tribe, language, and people. Absolutely. So this, this is that gospel, right, that's mentioned in, in Matthew chapter 24. It says, this gospel we pre- will be preached in all the world as a witness. So to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, to all nations, and then the end will come. So when Revelation, we pick up on that, and it says... We've got three angels fly, flying with a message. They have it's, it's described the message as the everlasting gospel that goes to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. So this is the, this is that gospel that's mentioned, that end time everlasting gospel that when reach when it reaches every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, then the end comes. So this is this is a pretty important message for us to be considering in light of living in the last days, uh, and so that we are beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is the end-time gospel we're talking about. I'm going to get you to read for us uh, just a few verses on in Revelation chapter 14, verse 15 and 16. This is the summary. After preaching the three, or after mentioning what the three angels' messages are, that's contained in verse 7 through to 12, uh, we find a description that's described immediately after the preaching of this message going out to the world. And I want you to read for us 14 and 15 because it, it sets the times period for us. Then another angel came from the temple and shouted to the one sitting on the cloud, Swing the sickle, for the time of harvest has come. The crop on earth is ripe. So the one sitting on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth, and the whole earth was harvested. Okay, so what, what, what event is this 
this text talking about? This the harvesting, like it's that's very, the harvest, right? Yeah, it's this is very dramatic imagery right there with the sickle and the, oh wow, absolutely. This is this is Jesus coming to reap the harvest of the earth and take the faithful to heaven. Mm. This is this is the second coming. This description here is describing Jesus's second coming. We've got the parable in Matthew chapter thirteen of. Uh, the harvest where Jesus sows good seed and the, the enemy sows tares. And he says, um, you know, that some of the workers try to say, should we pull out the weeds? And, and Jesus, you know, the landowner says, no, no, let it grow up till the harvest at the end of the age. And the angels will come. Jesus will come with his angels. They'll reap the harvest. And so mm. this is, this is part of the imagery being drawn on here. We're talking, we're, we're seeing the second coming immediately after the, these three angels' messages go out to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. Then we see Jesus coming and the harvest taking place. Do you know, I just, I just want to say, I just recently have taken up a bit of gardening, and I had this problem where I was sowing, sowing flowers and then weeds started coming out with the flowers, but I didn't know how to identify what was what because I'm not a pro. <laughs> and so I, I literally sat to myself and I was like, I, I have to do it. But the Bible says I have to wait for them to grow together until I can look and see which one's which. That's a really cool anecdote about the parable. Yeah, it, it helped me understand the parable because I was like, yeah, you've got to give them a chance to you know, grow and see what they become. Anyway, you can go on now. <laughs> no, that's, <laughs> no, no that, that's, that's, that's awesome. I love it. And you know, I think this is in part why Jesus communicates in such simple terms and simple parables right. and stories, right? Yeah, absolutely. To, to help so us everyone to, can understand. To grasp it, right? Yeah. The Bible was written for... The common man. Yeah. And gardening is the world's number one hobby, so I'm sure a lot of people understood this parable sooner than I have. Well, absolutely. And those agricultural images that Mm. Jesus uses are all throughout Scripture. That's right. It's everywhere. So so we see this picture here that the the gospel going to the whole world is the last unfulfilled sign. And this gospel, when it does go to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, that God's people... Uh, well, the, the next event is the second coming of Jesus. And I guess the question is, it raises the question, why is it that the gospel must go to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people before Jesus comes back? Why is that something that is included in the signs? Um, interesting question. Mm. What, what's our answer? Well, when we look at the character of God, we can see that in this simple act, God has built in a mechanism to ensure that every single person has an opportunity to respond to him before the second coming, right? before he returns. Mm. And so God's not willing that any should perish, Scripture says. He desires that all should come to repentance. But, of course, we know that's, that's not something that each person decides to do. God honors freedom of choice. Uh, but he is absolutely unnegotiable in the fact that before, he, before this world wraps up, Every single person will be provided with an opportunity to choose to serve their creator, Jesus Christ, and to accept the everlasting gospel. Amen. I think that's a powerful, powerful mm. uh, commitment that Jesus makes. Yeah, it's a beautiful um, indicator of his character, that he is gentleman enough to give you the opportunity, but he will not force you. That's he, right. He would definitely try and influence you by showing his you know, beautiful character, but definitely won't force you and will provide an opportunity. That's right. And this right now is our time to get ready for that second coming, to get ready for that event, because we find in Revelation 22, verses 11, it describes in the context of Jesus' soon return, it says, He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. 
Revelation shows this climax of Jesus' second coming uh, where when he returns, those uh, people who he returns to take home have been going through this process of developing their characters, keeping the commandments of God and having the faith of Jesus, the Bible says. And, uh, and so now's the time to be getting ready and preparing for that glorious event. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We are doing our encounter with God with uh, Blair Lemke taking the lead. I'm just going to read a few text messages that are coming in. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they're making me laugh. Because these are really great text messages. Freco says, yum, yum, yum. <laughs> I just finished brekkie. I'm hungry. Mon, the book sounds good. Or is it the way you say it? Freco, do you I know think what? it was the way you said <laughs> yeah. it. But I guarantee you it'll, it'll, it'll be even more delicious in real life. So it's not just the way I'm saying it. George says, boo-hoo, wish daylight savings were all year round. More time for many parents to spend some time outdoors together. George, I don't know that we can be friends anymore. No, George, do you know what? If you want to spend more time together, just get up earlier. You don't have to stay up late. You can get up early and do it. Suzanne, Suzanne, I can't begin to understand. She said, nothing nicer than spending time in the garden as the coolness of the evening comes in after a hot summer day. More sunlight to do gardening later Oh, that's your hobby. That's, I mean, that's hitting some... You know, some heartstrings. I am not a gardener. I'm a killer. (laughs) I'm attempting gardening. It has gone very wrong. Um, But do you know what? Once again, I'm going to say the same thing. You want to do more gardening? Get up earlier in the morning and get it done. (laughs) Um, I. Oh, and George says with their kids and more time away from the media. That's true. But daylight savings shouldn't tell you whether or not you're going to do the media. Do you know what? I said I was going to come up with this later. um, Bring this up later. But I think now might be a good time. (laughs) I brought up that soundbite. From that uh, podcast, it's like about 20 seconds. Yes, I got the stats wrong. It wasn't a 40% increase. It was a 24% increase, which is still a massive increase it when is. it comes to heart attacks. So it just is. listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, hang on. Where is it? Here we go. The one night of four hours of sleep, that is a remarkable state of immune deficiency. And that's one of the reasons why insufficient sleep predicts cancer. Wow. I could also speak about your cardiovascular system, though, and all it takes is one hour. Because there is a global experiment that's performed on 1.6 billion people across 70 countries twice a year, and it's called daylight savings time. Mm. Now, in the spring, when we lose an hour of sleep, we see a subsequent 24% increase in heart attacks. What? In the fall, in the autumn, when we gain an hour of sleep, there's a 21% decrease in heart attacks. So it's bi-directional. That's how fragile and vulnerable your body is to even just the smallest perturbation of sleep. One hour. One hour. Is That's all insane. Takes. The one there you I go. Mean, that guy there is so impressed with that guy's data, the other guy listening. He's like, wow. He's a doctor. The other guy's a doctor. They're both doctors. No, I don't know. no more travel for you, man. No, shush. Shush. Don't bring <laughs> that up. You can't go overseas ever again. It's too dangerous for your health. That's fantastic. Oh, Shell, going straight for my, 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 what's this thing Jaguar. called? Jaguar. My Jaguar. <laughs> she knows how much I love traveling. And yeah. yeah, jet lag is a horrible thing. But that there you go. That's how fragile our sleep systems are and how important it is to get those those and do you know you mess it up with one twenty four percent. I'm feeling, I'm feeling really guilty. I've been doing a few like I mean semi all nighters the last little no, bit. Not and worth it. Not yeah, worth it. it literally I, I feel like I'm gonna get cancer. Or a heart attack or just shorten your life. It's yeah, it, it, yeah anyway. Anyway, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Literally proof that uh, daylight savings is giving you heart attacks. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, 
I'm convinced. <laughs> Thank you. you. You convinced me. <laughs> I'll, I'll, so yeah. I've been fact checked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. I actually, I actually uh, heard that last week, and I sent it to Blake and Lawson, and I fact checked it before I sent it because I was like, they're gonna, they're gonna present that on Faith FM. Turns out I'm gonna present it on Faith FM. But yeah, that's my. I'm coming off my soapbox now. That's all I wanted to say about daylight savings. And for all those people who say, oh, but it gives you more time at the end of the day to do stuff. It also can give you more time if you just get up early and all the stuff that you wanted to do after work, do it before work because that's when the sun's up naturally. And it, and it doesn't give you more time because you die from cancer. Exactly. You actually have less lifetime at the end. Possibly. You can just Possibly. leave it on daylight savings year-round and then you'd be fine. Well, that's the other solution. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? Fine. Fine. I'm ha- it's, it, as long as there's no change happening, I'm fine either which way. Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. All right. Back to our Bible study. Back to our Bible study. <laughs> that's awesome. So we finished off that last section in Revelation 22. I'm going to get you to read it for us again, Mon. Revelation 22, verse 11. And this is in the context. Revelation 22 talks about Jesus soon coming, uh, and it mentions that three times specifically. And in the context of Jesus' soon return, uh, we find this verse, this added verse. Please read for us. Let the one who is doing harm continue to do harm. Let the one who is vile continue to be vile. Let the one who is righteous continue to live righteously. Let the one who is holy continue to be holy. So we find Revelation picturing these uh, believers at the end of time. In a, in, they stay in the condition, they, or they're, they're found in a condition uh, of you know the, full f- the f- climax of the decisions they've made through their lives. So those that have been holy, they continue in holiness. Those who have been unholy... They continue in their unholiness. And I guess it's the the culmination of all of the little decisions that they've made throughout their lives, right? Mm. That the world is catalyzed into these two groups, those that uh, that follow Jesus and receive that gospel message and those that reject it, right? And so you see this contrast. And I think, um, you know, one of the, the clear points is that uh, every single day by our choices, even in the small little things, we're tra- choosing either for or against Jesus, right? Um, it's very unlikely that if we make small little decisions every single day against Jesus, that finally in the end time crisis we're going to suddenly switch and make the right decision to be loyal to him. It, it, it's, it's very unlikely that that would happen uh, because all these small decisions that we make along the way uh, prepare us to be make that great final decision in in the end of time. Yeah, amen. So, yeah, we, we, we kind of see this 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 concept coming through and i think um i think that's an important reminder for all of us right about the importance of the small things yeah absolutely there's there's nothing small in god's eyes really Mm. um and it's by the the small decisions we make each day that we prepare ourselves and our characters for his return and of course this message these three angels messages are designed to prepare god's people to to be, to be those ones that are holy and follow him. So I want to just turn to one last text. Mm. And if you can read for us, or I'll read this one, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and um, this is describing the groups of people at the end of time. It says this, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that those who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of the Lord, and the dead in Christ will rise first. 
And after that, the clouds, uh, after that, those who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Amen. So there's, there's two groups of people here. Who are the two groups? You've got your, you've got those who are uh, dead in Christ, who are raised, and uh, they, they're raised at Jesus' second coming, and they're caught up in the air. And then the other group, of course, is those who are alive and remain, those who stay, and they see Jesus coming. And the Bible says that they are caught up into the air and taken up into the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, to meet those who have been dead in Christ. Amen. So these two groups are, are really important to, to catch here. The, the three angels' messages are preparing people to, for that, that second group, that second group who are alive and remain when Jesus returns. And so it's preparing them to be caught up and to be ready to be taken up and join Jesus in the air. Uh, and so... Do we want to be in that group? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Count me in, please. Absolutely we do. And so the three angels' messages, God's last custom-built message to prepare us to be part of that, are something that we're going to look forward to studying over the coming weeks. Amen. Before we go to our song, I'm going to quickly hit you with the last clue for our What City Am I quiz. Paul healed a crippled man, lame from birth, in this city. 0491064669. Paul healed a crippled man, lame from birth, in this city. Going to give you a little extra clue there. It kind of sounds like the name of a popular mouthwash. Modern day mouthwash, of course, not a biblical mouthwash. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We've been having some text messages coming in. <clears throat> Braden, not sure I want to read that. <laughs> no, I'm going to. Braden says, ha ha, love that response, Shell. But I don't mind moving permanently to the promised land, which is apparently, according to him, New, New Zealand. Zealand. Oh, <laughs> and then he says, I oh. thought it was Kurenbaum. <laughs> you crazy, Blair. Uh, and then he says, oh, oops, uh, they have um, daylight savings times as well. Oh, well, still the promised land. Do you know what? New Zealand is one of the three, top three most beautiful places I've ever seen. I'm not sure that I'd call it the promised land, but it's definitely got some pluses, like the fact it has no snakes. That's like massive win. George says, doctors. Mm. <laughs> I promise he's had a bad experience. <laughs> Fair enough. There is a lot of quackamania on uh, on those podcasts, but that one is a legit one. I, I checked it out, George. I promise. Uh, and if you send me your Instagram handle, I will forward it to you. Uh, and then Karen says, as a Queenslander, I'm glad we don't have daylight savings here. Although I enjoy when the southern states have it, as it means that your broadcasting fits better into your, <laughs> my morning. That's Aww. nice. <laughs> that is really sweet. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a West Australian Karen, and we don't have daylight savings in WA. It's the one thing I miss about my home state. Uh, they trialed it for three years. Oh, after, really? Yeah. And, and they, they, they didn't go ahead. And then afterwards they put it to a vote and like almost unanimously it was chucked out by the public. They actually trialed it twice um, in different uh, decades. Wow. And both times everyone's like, nah, get rid of this Eastern state stuff. It right. uh, yeah, makes me proud to be a West Aussie. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah. Um, well, they are their own country, really. In many ways. It, do you know what? They could honestly abdicate and just start their own country if they wanted to, <laughs> and that'd be fine. I'd love it because then I'd have on the passport to add to my collection. Uh, George, again, has said, I've had the pleasure and gotten to know many of them personally and know that they they are just like me and you and they're influenced like me and you and make errors too. That's 100% true. true. Absolutely Absolutely true. Doctors true. are not infallible, so yeah, we right. need to keep that in mind. 
I'm now going to give away the answer. Oh, all right. This is exciting. It's exciting the because... The big answer. And you've been playing the pronunciation video for five minutes to get it right, so I'm really I'm looking s- forward to that. I'm still getting it wrong. I'm going to listen to it one last time. <laughs> okay, I'm just listening to my little sound bite. I had to message my little brother, Harley. He's a theologian and a bit of a, a bit of a genius. And I said, how do you pronounce this? And apparently it's pronounced Lystra, like Listerine, hence and the little the, the, mouthwash the, the, yeah, hint. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So congratulations to everyone who got that right. I'm pretty sure everyone who did message in actually got it correct, so no one got that wrong. So congratulations to all you smiley pantses out there on a Monday morning. Well, well done. done. So Lystra was Timothy's hometown. Lystra was the city that Paul was stoned in. Paul told the people of Lystra to turn from worthless things to the living God. The priest of Zeus brought bulls and wreaths to the gates of Lystra to sacrifice to Paul and Barnabas. And Paul healed a crippled man lame from birth in Lystra. All you had to do for this one was turn to the book of Acts 14 because pretty much every single clue was from a couple of verses in Acts 14. Yeah. Yeah, which probably makes it a little bit hard because if it's such a small, like, well, that's small right. Yeah, true. City, if you, if you yeah, skipped over obscure. that in the Bible reading plan, yeah. you, you know, you, <laughs> yeah. you might. If you tuned out for a split yeah. second during Bible class, you would have missed it. Yeah, that's right. But I really, I love, I love the scene. Right, they come, he comes, they preach the gospel, and uh, they these the the people in the city want to worship them as gods and bring Zeus, like they to call them Zeus, and all the they bring the sacrifices to offer to them. And that's when Paul says, "Go away from these worthless things, right? Oh. These, these, um, these idol worship, idol, yeah, these 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 false gods and these um, sacrifices to false gods. They're useless. Oh, they're that's worthless. the worthless thing. Give them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Do you know that's valid advice for even now. Give up, you know, false worship. Absolutely, whatever's taking the place of God, and, and you might give it up. It's worthless. You know, for, for the for the honor of preaching the gospel <laughs> to them and giving them the word of truth." Um, they they stone Paul. Paul oh, gets stoned wow. in in Lystra. Lystra. Oh, you almost did it. <laughs> a nice save. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, look what a what a way what a reception, hey? Yeah, absolutely. But, so it's like Lystra was Lystra. Listerine. Mm-hmm. Lystra was was uh, full of good and bad experiences. I'm actually intrigued to know whether or not the city still stands. Is it like still a modern city out there called Lystra? I mean, I'm sure you could go somewhere there. And I'm, I'm, I'm the sure vibes. the location still exists, yeah. but whether or not it's still called the Lystra. City, yeah, good. Hey, any gurus out there? Bible Bible quiz whiz. And people have been on a Bible lands tour. Oh yeah, that give would us know. The, give us the. Have goods. you been on one? No. Oh, I mean, neither me. I'd love to go, even though I know I'll be tempting heart attack from the jet lag sleep <laughs> disruption. Thanks, DJ Shell, for pointing that one out. Hey, thanks for tuning in this morning. Remember that if you talk faith, live faith, act faith, you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.